0: just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit podcast. I am Alex Shane here, as always, covering week seven in the NFL, somehow, with my good buddy Rich Hill. Rich, it's Jets week, and in years past, this usually meant a guaranteed win. This year, it might mean a guaranteed win, but given the way the Patriots are so goddamn up and down, <laughs> I, I, I may be a little more nervous than I should be for this one.
1: I don't know if you're more nervous than you should be. I feel like, you know, with the Dolphins, there's always going to be one game that Miami wins in a weird way, and then the Patriots are going to win in a blowout. With the Jets, I feel like the Patriots win one game in a blowout and then win one game in a squeaker. They already won the blowout, um, and so I imagine this is going to be this disappointing squeaker, but the Patriots are at home looking for their first home win of the season. Uh, I do have a lot of thoughts on this matchup. Also looking at the last matchup that the two had, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Alec, before we talk about Patriots-Jets, what else is going on in the league this week?
0: Yeah, I think there are a couple of good games going on here. There are a couple of games that are going to be probably over by midway through the first quarter, and Rams-Lions and Cardinals-Texans, uh, both the two of the late games this Sunday. I can't imagine Matt Stafford taking on the Lions the way he's playing right now is going to be anything remotely pretty, though it's fun if you like those kind of like Madden on rookie mode games, but... Uh, Two games I'm particularly excited to watch, honestly, are, surprisingly for me, Chiefs-Titans could be a really good game. The Titans did lose to the Jets, but they just beat the Bills, so who knows with that team. And the Chiefs are very erratic this season, so this could be a good statement game for either one of those two teams. And then that's AFC North Bengals-Ravens could be really good as well.
1: I agree. I'm I'm very much looking forward to Bengals Ravens. I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, they're the future of the <laughs> conference. You know, we we can throw in obviously Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because it would be ridiculous not to. But looking at two very promising young quarterbacks in the same division, Joe Burrow, you have an MVP in Lamar Jackson. I think that that has the makings of a really great matchup. It's scheduled for 1 p.m., which is mind-boggling. And I kind of imagine that this will be the last early game between these two teams for the next couple of decades.
0: Most likely. I feel like there are certain things the NFL just did in terms of the schedule. It's kind of just a knee-jerk reaction for the last 20 years or so. And the Bengals have just been so bad for so long. Like they didn't even really look at the roster. They're like, oh, it's the Bengals. We'll put them in the 1 p.m. slot. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's always cool to see whenever there are two really good quarterbacks, two really good teams in the same division. It makes for a better TV-watching experience. Uh, speaking of potentially good quarterbacks in the same division, there's some rumors flying around, Rich, which addressed very briefly, that Deshaun Watson could mm. be a Miami Dolphin before too long. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that would be very weird if it were to happen. I mean, it was definitely rumored all off-season, so if it, like, eventually took place, the smoke has been rising for months. Uh, That said... uh, that would be a very weird choice by the Texans, with all of the, the legal battles uh, still very clearly hovering over Deshaun Watson's heads for them to make any sort of drastic change at that quarterback position. Uh, Tua has not been who they were hoping he would be, uh, but he's also suffered a lot of injuries. And so I, I think that for him not to get a fair shake with the Dolphins, uh, despite the fact that obviously in his limited time he hasn't shown what they would like to see, Uh, for them to move him for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson would be actually shocking. You know, I I would say if they were moving him for a quarterback like whoever the modern-day Alex Smith would be, you know, like a veteran who you know what you're going to get coming out of him. Dolphins had that with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. If they were to say, all right, two is not working, let us find some middle-of-the-road person for us to just restart down the road, fine. I would get that. But for them to go after a quarterback with so much uncertainty around him like Deshaun Watson and like very deservedly so uh I I think that would just be a very bizarre move from a team that had been making like the right locker room decision time after time
0: yeah no I agree it seems like an odd move again I guess in terms of the quarterback style they're in the same wheelhouse and the mobility and and whatnot but you might not be getting a quarterback at all, depending how the legality of it shakes out. The Dolphins don't have a whole lot of capital to, to deal Watson for. I don't know what the Texans are looking for, but could be interesting. And all things being equal, having Deshaun Watson in the AFC used to be interesting, uh, if nothing else. And uh, Deshaun <laughs> Watson versus Mac Jones yearly matchup could be pretty cool. But uh, that's a speculation, and who knows? What is not a speculation, Rich Hill, is the second of possibly two meetings a year between Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Mac Jones definitely got the better of it last time, although Wilson threw like 12 interceptions in the first quarter to make it kind of an easy thing. Uh, I think you're right, Rich Hill. I think this will be a closer game than last time. Again, I'm still trying to figure out how the hell the Texans beat the, uh, the Jets beat the Titans. That just makes no sense to me. And the Patriots coming off a kind of a heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys. They needed a squeaker to, to beat the Houston Texans. So this could be a very different game than what we saw in week two three or week two whenever it was these two teams played but the Patriots are home which usually meant okay that's a guaranteed win but they can't seem to win a game at home so what are your early thoughts premonitions of what's going to happen here on Sunday
1: yeah well okay so I I have a few initial thoughts one the Patriots didn't win as much as that final score indicates you know Zach Wilson had four interceptions which was very very bad so the Patriots won the turnover battle four to zero that is not going to happen again right that's just not going to be the case the Jets had more first downs, more rushing yards, more passing yards. Uh, they were better on third down than the Patriots were uh, across the board. And so for that reason alone, it's going to be a more competitive game. This is, it was not a blowout by any means. The Patriots definitely took advantage of favorable field position. But remember, uh, Mac Jones didn't throw any touchdown passes. The Patriots relied a lot on field goals. They had two uh, scores from the running backs, which is great. Uh, they definitely got that. And, you know, this offense is different now than they were in Week 2. I'd like to imagine that will open things up a little bit more for Mac Jones than they had back in Week 2. That's very reasonable. But this is not going to be a blowout. This is not a uh, complete mismatch of talent like it had been in years past because, uh, as Kendrick Bourne so eloquently put put it earlier this week, Patriots are making crucial mistakes at the worst possible times regularly and so that's what's been happening i don't think that the the patriots who have had two or more turnovers on offense in five out of their six games are going to have another turnover list game like they had against the jets back in week two and the jets who have had a turnover every single game this year uh you can't rely on them to get four so all of those indicates to me that this is just going to be closer than before no, it should be. Again,
0: four interceptions is such an anomaly, and it was such an early part of the season. And Wilson has grown as a quarterback since then. He has pulled some plays out that I think are very impressive. He does have a very high ceiling. It's just a matter of can he overcome being on the New York Jets, and that's a big <laughs> hurdle to clear. Uh, we just don't know. Let's talk about the defense or the Jets' offense first. If we talk about the turnovers, we're not going to get four picks. That's true. Defense got pretty shredded against Dallas in the second half last week however they were on the field for 40 minutes and it's got to be taken into consideration the fact the Patriots couldn't move the ball on the consecutive three and outs they were just gassed and Dallas's receivers are a little bit better than Braxton Barrios and crew over in New York so you can't really compare apples to apples there but I feel like if you're the Patriots you still got to focus on the run game and I feel like the Patriots match up pretty well head on the secondary. so I feel like stopping the runs can be crucial here
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that the Patriots have uh, a really good strategy against the, the jets thinking of how they defended them last time. They had Jalen Mills in coverage of Corey Davis, uh, with a little bit of safety help. And they had JC Jackson and Jonathan Jones kind of cover the rest, uh, basically whoever else they were trotting out there, whether it's Braxton, Berrios, uh, or Elijah Moore, uh, the Patriots had those other guys in particular, JC Jackson covering Braxton Berrios, which was a little bit surprising of a decision, but ultimately it worked out. Corey Davis had his worst game of the year. Uh, I believe he had like seven targets or something like that and only got like eight yards something very very minuscule from a production standpoint or five targets for for eight yards. So Patriots successfully defended him and I, I think the Patriots strategy should roughly be the same. Corey Davis is their leading receiver. He has the most targets by a distance. Uh, Their number two target is Braxton Berrios, although their number two receiver in terms of snaps is rookie Elijah Moore. Uh, And so those are your three guys that you really kind of have to focus on. Michael Carter is their top running back uh, out there. And so if you're the Patriots, you say, all right, cover Corey Davis, double coverage, shut him down. Braxton Berrios is not going to carry this Jets team to a victory. Most of his production last time against the Patriots was in garbage time, and the Patriots were very comfortable allowing him to wear out the clock. The biggest thing, the absolute biggest thing that the Patriots need to do is ensure that Michael Carter and the Jets running game does not get established. So that's why my X factor is going to be whoever is lining up at linebacker for the Patriots, right? So Michael Carter, Kai Johnson, and Kevin Coleman, they they combined uh, for 152 yards uh, on 31 carries. So they were averaging roughly five yards a clip. They were being very efficient with that. Definitely due to a little bit to game script. Patriots are defending the pass because they had to throw a lot to try and keep up. That is true. But looking at the Patriots' injury report from Wednesday, Devon Godshaw, out, did not participate due to his finger, or I guess not out for the week, but did not participate. Dietrich Wise, did not participate. Knee. Dante Hightower, did not participate. Elbow, ankle. From a limited participation standpoint, Christian Barmore, Jawan Bentley, Josh Uche, Kyle Van Noy, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar. Basically, the entire heart of this Patriots run defense uh, was limited or out of practice on Wednesday, which means that this Jets team, which ran very successfully against New England back in Week 2, will be in prime position to do it again. And so if Dante Hightower is unable to go or Jawan Bentley misses time due to his rib injury, Josh Uche with his shoulder, Kyle Van Noy with his groin... I don't know who's going to be taking the field for the Patriots at linebacker, but whoever does is my X factor because the Patriots will only go as far in this game as their linebackers are able to take them on defense, uh, and right now it's not looking too great.
0: Yikes! I don't know, is that many in the injury report? That is pretty wild. And it's funny, like I feel like guys went out that were hurt against the, the Cowboys, but I didn't know there was all of those. Yeah, that could be a problem. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's keeping them rested for whatever reason, but that's definitely something to monitor. It's never a good sign when one of our X-Factors is whoever the hell is able to start. I've done that with the offensive line at times in the past, and we kind of find it doesn't really really end well. Uh, I think this could be a good breakout, or not a breakout, but kind of like a, a comeback game for Lawrence Guy. I feel like he's been used very sparingly over the past couple of weeks. His snap count's kind of dropped a bit. It might just be because of the emergence of Godshaw and Barmore and, people on the interior line that are just playing well, but uh, he was such a key factor for the Patriots last season. And I think he's one of the better interior space eating guys that they have. And I think he's going to be need to kind of a bounce back game. And I feel like this is a good opportunity for him to do it. Uh, I don't think he's on the injury report. Maybe he is who the hell knows. But <laughs> I I, I, I I can see Lawrence Guy having a game
1: on Sunday. <laughs> I can see that. And they, they need him to be in his vintage self. He hasn't been this whole year. Uh, he's definitely being outplayed by the other defensive linemen on the roster. But it would be great to see him be able to step up that way because uh, the Patriots definitely need it. Uh, and, and honestly, I, I think that if the Patriots are able to limit the Jets to like fewer than, let's say, 80 rushing yards, you know, if they can hold them to fewer than 80 rushing yards, they're going to win the game. Uh, the Jets this year, here's a fun fact for you. They've surpassed 70 rushing yards only once in their five games, uh, and it was 152 yards against the Patriots. They got 45 rushing yards in week one, 43 in week three, 66 in week four, and 64 in week five. And so part of that is due to game script because they were losing most of those games, but it's very clear that they are not a strong running team except for that one game against the Patriots. So hopefully New England can really stand out because the Jets offense really sputters when they don't have a, a good rushing attack.
0: Oh, good. That's always nice and heartening, that the one time they ran well is against the Patriots. That's good to hear. However, another team with a good running game is the New England Patriots. The running offense is one of the strengths of this team. Damian Harris is a little banged up, but they still run the ball well. I like what they do on the ground. So let's talk about the Patriots offense against the the Jets defense. Uh, Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL right now, in my opinion, and the stats and numbers back that up. So they win the matchup there. I think they win the matchup on the ground. The receivers versus the Jets secondary, I think they win the matchup there, although not by a lot. And I think overall, this dude's offense, if they can put some things together and stop making dumb mistakes, they have the weapons and the tools to beat the Jets and (laughs) score more than off these stupid turnovers. Uh, But the question is, can they put it all together? And that's going to be the question we're asking ourselves, Rich, every single time we do this podcast. Did the offense live up expectations? And I just don't know. I just don't know.
1: Totally, totally. I mean, what you say, can they stop making dumb mistakes is the story of the year for this Patriots. In the games where they don't make dumb mistakes, or if in every game this year they did not make dumb, unforced mistakes, uh, they would probably be undefeated. <laughs> like, this is, a, this is a team that <laughs> has all of the talent. They've just been really bad at situational uh, football, and so I, I think that uh, they have more talent than the Jets defense Uh, looking for who is injured for the Patriots Shaq Mason was limited with an ab injury uh, and Brandon Bolden was limited with a thigh injury to me that says that there's no excuse for Ramondre Stevenson not to have a bigger role than Brandon Bolden we saw that Stevenson was more effective as a receiver uh and as a runner than Bolden although that's not a huge knock um on Bolden because Bolden was still you know serviceable receiving back but I think that Stevenson has a lot more upside I would love to see him get more opportunities uh out of that backfield pairing well with Damian Harris because this is a Jets uh defense that is not great uh, they they rank uh, you know bottom three in the league in rushing attempts against and rushing touchdowns against uh, they've run towards the bottom of the league in turnovers forced uh, and, and towards the bottom in first downs so they are missing a lot uh, they typically uh, allow the best starting opposing field position in the entire league uh, in part due to their offense being just terrible but that's more an indication that this defense is typically giving a very bad situation to start off with and so the Patriots need to try and take as much advantage of whatever field position they can get from the mistakes whether it's from the 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 Jets offense turning the ball over but Mac Jones and this Patriots offense cannot squander any opportunity to score like they have in recent weeks they can't settle for field goals inside the 10-yard line they can't just kneel down for 90 seconds before the half uh, and give up an opportunity to put three points on the board because I imagine this is going to be a one-score game and every single point will matter. So uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Alec. Who are you watching on this Patriots offense to carry them to victory?
0: Well, it's going to be my offensive X Factor. It's going to be Jacoby Myers, Rich Hill. And you heard it here, maybe not first, but you heard it here as well. Jacoby Myers has thrown for a touchdown pass, and he's caught a two-point conversion, so he gets into the end zone for the first time this week against the Jets. (laughs) Jacoby Myers will make a touchdown reception this week. Mark it up. Week 7, 2021, Myers gets in the end zone for an actual touchdown. I think he's going to have a huge day. Uh, the trust he has gained in Mac Jones has only grown. I don't. I think he's the best receiver on the field. I don't think there's a matchup in terms of like slot presence, his ability to cut outside the wheel routes he runs. I don't think there's a jet that can cover him. Not that he's an unstoppable force, but I think this, he, he matches up really, really well. And as Kendrick Bourne becomes more and more comfortable with the offense, I think looking at game film of him, him last week, you have to account for him a lot more. Maybe Aguilar goes deep and maybe Harry draws his patented DPI call to move the chains once, and that's all he stood for. But I think Jacoby Myers is going to be kind of the engine to make the offense run in the receiving game, and he gets in the end zone this week.
1: Interesting. I like that prediction. I would love to see a big game out of Jacoby. He is coming off of, for the record, one of his, uh, the first game this year that he didn't start. Uh, In the only game that he did not play at least 88% of the snaps, he only played 63%. Uh, The Patriots have quietly been siphoning off snaps to uh, Nikhil Harry, which is just mind-blowing to me. Um, But that has been their choice. (laughs) Um, So Jacoby Myers, uh, Nelson Aguilar, they've been reducing their play snaps. But the reason they were doing that is because they ran a lot of too heavy tight end sets against the Cowboys. And so you have Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, who are the top top two skill players as it relates to snaps for the patriots against the cowboys they wanted to get into a super heavy package they thought nikhil harry is a better blocker than myers or aglor which may may not be true i think he's had a lot of mental errors but to that point my offensive x factor is going to be johnny smith I think that the Patriots would love to establish the run a little bit more strongly, and to do that, they need to have their two tight ends out there to give them a lot of flexibility. It opens up the play action. Hunter Henry has been a very good receiving tight end for the Patriots. Uh, he's been very productive for them, uh, currently leads the team with three receiving touchdowns. Uh, he also is third on the team with 28 targets behind, 52 for Myers, your guy. Uh, and also 31 for Nelson Aguilar, which is a little bit surprising to me. Um, to that end, though, uh, Jonu Smith. He has 25 targets. He's been seeing his targets dwindle over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they've been using him a little bit more as just a blocking tight end because the Patriots need a lot of help in line because their tackles have been a disaster. And so they've been relying on Smith to have a different role than what you might have hoped from a yards-after-the-catch kind of a guy. That said... I am really hoping that the Patriots put Michael and Wayne at right tackle. Uh, they'll need it if Shaq Mason is limited in any capacity. You cannot have a hobbled or backup right guard and a, you know, a turnstile at right tackle like they have historically had. That's just a recipe for absolute disaster. And so if you have Michael and Wayne at tackle, I imagine that there will be less of a need for the tight ends to help block in line. And that should give Johnny Smith more opportunities to catch the ball against what is hopefully a weaker, uh, New York Jets defense. So C.J. Mosley did not participate uh, with a hamstring injury on Wednesday, so he is either going to be extremely limited or not going to play. And that means that the matchups definitely favor the Patriots' linebackers. So whether Jonathan Smith is a huge road grader in the run game or he finally breaks out of his slump, gets out of the doghouse as a receiver, I would love to see a big game from him because he has been, in my mind, one of the, the couple missing elements from the offense that can really elevate them from Pretender into an actual competitor team.
0: No, I mean, I, I think I went on a nice little rant on Johnny e. Smith on Tuesday. So glad to see you match your match my rant. Totally agree on him. I, I like seeing all in the running game. He, he can carry the ball, maybe like a jet week kind of thing. One thing I'm thinking, Mitch, while we're on the subject of Johnny e. Smith, and I was thinking after we, we finished our podcast on, on Tuesday, I do know that in general, the move tight end is a it's kind of like a, a queen chess piece. You can move them all over the field. Wherever they are, they create mismatches, and I feel like, again, I'm not an expert on this, but I feel like the move tight end is very much involved with a quarterback lining up in the formation, reading the defense, diagnosing the package, seeing where the Mike linebacker is, and then moving that move tight end to where he'll be the most effective where mm-hmm. the matchup is, where you can do the slant, the quick out, whatever it is. And just maybe do you think that Mac Jones doesn't quite have that grasp of the offense just yet to really dig into that move tight end role and use him as effectively as maybe he will maybe this time next season or even later in the year, and Johnu Smith and Mac Jones will kind of grow in their effectiveness together as Mac Jones becomes more and more comfortable in how the offensive run, how complex they are? Is that a crazy thing to think?
1: I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I would say that I think the Patriots have needed Johnny Smith to be in a different role, uh, as I mentioned, just because the offensive line has been so bad. So that has obviously limited the amount of times he's been going out into routes. Um, but I would also say he, he did rightfully so, get placed in the doghouse for uh, just not being a good receiver, uh, not taking advantage of his opportunities, and so they've just not been going to him as much. And so I, I think that the combination of his role changing as well as other players just doing more with their opportunities has reduced his his you know targets over the course of the last couple of weeks. I do think that it is time to rectify that. I do think that teams will start defending Hunter Henry a little bit more because he's been showing up as uh, Mac Jones' safety blanket or that guy up the seam, and that should open up other opportunities for Johnny Smith to really you know, take advantage of his opportunities because obviously the talent is there. I think he's obviously getting time on the field, and if the offensive line solidifies, then I think that Johnny Smith's production will follow. If the
0: offensive line solidifies. It might also be the Patriots Stop Making Dumb Mistakes it might be log line number one of 2021. And if the offensive line solidifies, might be log line number two. <laughs> but we will soon find out. It is time for predictions, Rich Hill. Uh, we weren't able to podcast last week due to a combination of technical difficulties and a dentist appointment. So then's the break. So we have to go back to the Houston game a couple weeks ago, which I'm happy to say I finally got closer than you on a prediction. So I, yeah, for the first time all freaking season, since the preseason, I get to pick first. I got a very, very big hole to dig myself out of. I'm going to win that complimentary beer. We always bet at the end of these seasons. So I'm going to go first here. Patriots are hosting the Jets 1 p.m. this Sunday. Uh, I agree with you, Rich. It's not going to be as close as excuse me, as a, as much of a blowout as it was in Week 2. There's just no way there's going to be four interceptions. But I do think this is going to be New England's first home win of the season. Not going to be a super high-scoring game. Might be a little sloppy, and maybe the Patriots make mistakes, but they're the Jets, so they'll probably make more. And New England wins this one
1: 20-14. Ooh, interesting. Okay, uh, I like that. I'm also going with the Patriots getting their first home win of the season. I do think it'll be closer to than what you said I think these games always come down to a field goal for some reason uh and so I, I think I'm going with the Patriots here winning 27-24 uh and it'll either be uh whoever the Patriots have lining up a kicker if Nick Folk plays it's him if it's like anyone else that might be the case and they'll be questionable but they'll be a folk hero um but or maybe it's the Jets driving and we'll miss in the last second but I, I imagine it'll come down to some team in a field goal situation in the final minute of the game but I'm imagining the Patriots come out victorious.
0: Well, the real problem with either yours or my picture coming true is we're a Patriots fan, so beating the Jets by less than one score like this is never going to sit well on Monday morning, even if it's a win. They needed a last-second field goal to beat the Jets, or whatever the case would <laughs> be, because that's kind of how we roll. However, a win is a win, and again, if they can get to 3-4, and four, and the Bills, who are, I think, on a bye this week, if I remember correctly, they're still only one game back out of the AFC East. So it's not all lost. but if the Patriots do lose – on Sunday, Rich, at home to the Jets, uh, I think you and I have seen a very, very different tune come our Tuesday podcast.
1: Seriously, if the Patriots start the season 0-5 at home, uh, let, we, we can have our post-mortem of the year already. <laughs> um, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully they can turn this season around. They have some winnable games down the stretch despite giving away some of their winnable games this year. Um, but we'll break all those down as they come. Alec? Do you have any final thoughts heading into week seven of the NFL season?
0: No, I do not, buddy. Let's just hope we're coming up here nice and happy with a three and four victory Tuesday. Otherwise, uh, you have a lot of talking off a cliff to do for me. Just to prepare yourself.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See
0: ya. Later.